the dollar billionaire turned around to him and he said, don't ask me. I've never been through this. I don't know. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> so when, when the dollar billionaires in the world don't know the answers and what's going to happen, then unfortunately, you know, it's, it tells you something. Hi, guys. My name is Matthew Rose and I am the host of the Like Minds podcast and CEO of Like Minds Tribe. Today we have a show series called Like Minds IG Life Series and we speak to various entrepreneurs in different sectors on how they're managing their businesses and brands through this epidemic. Today we speak to the CEO of the Business Exchange, David Senka, on the topic of leadership in a crisis. We speak around what does leadership mean to you or look like to you in a time like this. Enjoy. I get a jacket. It's a bit cold today. Uh, haven't had a live today. We speak to the CEO of TBE, the business exchange, David Senka. Um, I trust today is going to be a really awesome conversation. Can't wait to have it. Um, a lot of questions around leadership and what it looks like. So I think that will be an interesting um, side to tackle in all of this. We've constantly spoken about like tools and stuff to get you through this age but like what does leadership mean so i'm gonna tune david in and we're gonna have a conversation around that some of you may know his buildings and yeah let's have that conversation all right hey david how are you can you hear me yeah perfectly can you hear me yeah perfectly too Awesome. Thanks for doing this again, hey? Sure. Are you well? I am. I'm, I'm doing quite well, actually. And yourself? How are you taking the whole COVID situation? Yeah, I'm sure exactly the same as everyone else in the whole world, eh? <laughs> One day at a time. <laughs> <laughs> One day at a time. And I mean, um, yeah, that's uh, interesting. So, I mean, our, our topic of today is really... Uh, leadership in a crisis, but I'd really like to us to expand in terms of like, what does leadership look like, right? Okay. For your business and for internally, internally and just externally as well. And I think that will be the center of our conversation. But I mean, just to start off, you know, um, some people in our audience might or might, 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 or might not know you um, through our lives. So I'd just like you to introduce yourself, just a brief introduction. Sure. And then we can dive into the conversation. Sure. So, yeah, my name is David Senka. I'm the CEO of a company called The Business Exchange. And we have five workspaces in Johannesburg and one in Mauritius. We've also been operating for nearly six years. And our tenancy at our buildings include, you know, big corporate companies, but also a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, yep. There's a big uh, trend happening, or it has been happening for the past. Um, many, you know, many businesses have been gravitating towards the shared workspace sort of uh, industry, and they've been moving away from traditional leases, which is quite interesting for now, you know, because the whole COVID-19 pandemic is, we well, certainly I think is going to push both the entrepreneur and big business more into you know, our sort of, uh, our sector. But um, yeah, so we we have different types of office packages for companies of one mm -hmm. to, you know, 200 even. Um, but we also have a, a focus on entrepreneurship and we have a lot of events, you know, like you guys have had also at the buildings, you know. Yeah. So we, we're very passionate about entrepreneurship and trying to connect people and help them network. And that's why we try and create ecosystems in our buildings where we've got both corporate and and uh, small businesses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like you said, um, we've had our events at um, TBE as well, Business Exchange, and that's what you guys have about. And it's just a really cool ecosystem. How because you guys have like an ecosystem that works for entrepreneurs. It's not just a space, and I think that is pretty cool that you guys aren't just a space but you also provide the tools needed for the different entrepreneurs to kind of, you know, push through the, you know, different areas um, that they may face. So that's pretty cool. Um, what inspired having to get into this sector, by the way? Yeah. 
So um, this, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I come from a corporate property background. I was a, I started out as a, you know, at the bottom of the food chain, so to speak, at a corporate company. They were doing, yeah. they were involved in property in the, in the city, uh, conversions, property conversions. And eventually I left there, went my own way. I developed, well, not myself, but together with some IT savvy people, we developed a website which enabled entrepreneurs to actually raise funding for their businesses. And we had a group of investors that would log in and, and look for different types of deals. So, and whilst I was involved in that business, I actually had an office at a now competitor of ours. And I saw there was an opportunity. This was about six and a half years ago. And I saw there was an opportunity to do what we were doing and trying to connect entrepreneurs and investors and, and create a whole networking platform. Um, you know, I saw an opportunity to, to do that, but rather also bring in my property experience. And we, I saw, you know, I saw there was a gap because there was a huge waiting list at the business center I was at. You know, there was a lot of entrepreneurs mm. and companies that needed flexible workspace. So my concept then came about which was the business exchange because I wanted to morph the two, have the property element where entrepreneurs and, and businesses could, you know, rent office space, but also add something else. And that's where the whole networking and eventing mm. side came in. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we did our, we launched our first project that was um, five and a half years ago. And uh, yeah, we now have six with one in Mauritius. Yeah. And hopefully going to grow more. Yeah. That's that's pretty impressive. I mean, um, big up for that success. I think that's what success kind of looks like in five years, five to six years. Um, that's pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, like I told you, um, reason I, the reason why I wanted to have this chat actually was because I've been seeing what your online presence is like and what you guys have been doing. I think on a personal capacity and on a business level, I've seen your videos, I've seen the stuff that you've been posting. And for me, that's what leadership kind of looks like, is being out there, um, having a voice and, and, you know, basically participating and doing what you can. But I want to know from your side of things, what inspired you to do that? And what does leadership look like for you? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, let me also start off by saying, you know, I'm an entrepreneur like all of us. You know, so I'm still, I'm still learning the ropes. I certainly yeah. know everything. If I knew everything, I would have predicted COVID-19 was coming. But I think even the people <laughs> who know, who, who think they know yeah. everything, like Warren Buffett didn't even see it coming, you know? So yeah. let me start off by saying, you know, I'm an entrepreneur like everyone else. And success, uh, success for me is about continuously improving and, you know, reaching, you know, always striving for more and trying to achieve, you know, greater goals. So, you know, I'm still learning like everyone else. Um, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I've always been passionate about business. I'm a driven person. I'm a driven individual and I'm, I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. You know, I, I'm a people's yeah. person and I enjoy, you know, dealing with people and, and it might sound quite stereotypical or whatever you want to term it as, yeah. but, you know, I do enjoy seeing people do well and, you know, I get a certain you know, kind of kick out of that if one can say that. Yeah, so, definitely. I feel yeah, that. Yeah. So you know, you're asking me, well, why do we, why do we do all the, you know, do all this promotion of our tenants and events and, and, you know, online stuff that we're doing now. And really yeah. for me, it's about helping. It's about helping others. And I think even, you know, in this day and age, we need it now more than ever. Um, mm -hmm. And it's part of our value proposition. You know, it's, it's what we, so there's two elements to it on the one side, you know, it's our why, you know, that's why we do it. But okay. for us, it also helps us position our brand and, and offer something different in the market. And, yeah. and for us to succeed, we, you know, one, one has to offer something else. One has to offer, you know, differentials and, and value adds. And that's our way of, of, of adding something different versus our competitors and also giving back to entrepreneurs out there that are supporting us. Yeah by coming and renting workspace from, from TVE. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, that's quite cool from your end, at least because I've seen how involved you are with um, your spaces and your brand. And I think if anything, that is leadership because even from some of your competitors, you don't kind of get that, that closeness from the other guys. Like, you know what I mean? You stepped out, out of your, you know, your CEO, like a yeah. um, blanket yeah. and being like, look, this is yeah. who I am. 
you know, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to help, I'm ready to be here, I'm hands-on in my business. And I think for me yeah. personally, that's what I see um, the difference is versus um, some okay. of the other guys. So that's that's pretty cool. What what kind of advice would you give to uh, a, an entrepreneur in your building, starting out yeah. and, and trying to do the exact same thing that you're doing? Uh, maybe yeah. not in the same, but just as an entrepreneur, sure. how to get out there and, and, and be very yeah. efficient. Sure. So obviously the situation at, at, at the moment's uh, relevant, you know, um, yeah. and business now is tougher than business has ever been. You know, people yeah, quote, to quote people, you know, they're saying that this is like a one in 100 year event, you know. So I think anyone starting a business now would have to be aware of, of, of the current conditions. And I think there's a bigger point there too. And that, you know, business is, is very much about timing or as my friend says, it's about timing and, and execution. Um, but I think your yeah, timing is a, a significant um success factor if you can call it that in business and and so one you know any business you're starting out now you, you need to be very real you know it needs to be relevant and i think you need to be aware of the times you know if you want to start an e-learning business now fantastic idea you know if you want to set up a bed and breakfast right now perhaps not the best you know so i guess you know you got these things you know is, is obvious but it's leading me to my my next points and my next my next point is around that is that is already important in timing and let's say execution because if you can't yeah. execute then if you can't if you're not a, if you're not an operating you're not going to get your hands dirty and get involved in your business whether it be sales marketing finance operations i think even if the timing's right you won't succeed so someone could be setting up an e-learning platform now which seems like a great idea you know schools are closed although i see they're mm. actually reopening next week but if you can't execute and you're not a great operator, then you probably mm. won't succeed, right? But yeah. to, to better answer your question, my point is that, and notwithstanding anything of, of what I've said, but there's, there's business fundamentals, right? And there's business basics that you have to always be aware of and you have to be working on. So one example, and, and, and my point, sorry, my point is that if it was relevant before in business, it's even more relevant now, you know, and so I have, a, I have a lot of staff meetings every week and we haven't stopped them at all, you know, since okay. COVID-19 and our president's first speech, we've continued as is, you know, and, and I've actually been at home for seven weeks or eight weeks now because I was actually overseas. Oh. I was overseas and, oh. and when I got back, the day I got back, the following day, our president's announced, if you come, if you come back from overseas, you need to go into two weeks of quarantine. <laughs> So I've been stuck at home for a very long time. Okay. Yeah. And the day my two weeks of quarantine ended, the lockdown, the first lockdown started. Literally like the next day the lockdown started. So it's been quite it's been quite yeah. intense. So I had to I had to very quickly yeah. adjust to working from home and trying to operate our business of thirty staff also from home. You know, so it's been it's been interesting to say the least. But you know, my point is that, you know, there were there were business fundamentals before and those fundamentals are even more relevant now. So for example, you asked me what tips I would give entrepreneurs in our buildings that are wanting to start businesses. And the most yes. important thing that always comes to mind, and I've failed in a business before because I wasn't aware of this and that, is, is cash flow management, you know? So especially in this day and age, if you're gonna start a business, you've got to know, you've got to be realistic You've got to be realistic in, in your in your in your revenue projections. You've got to understand your costs. You've got to understand your your VAT. You've got to understand all of your all of your taxes you're going to pay. Because if you don't account for that, if you don't budget for your taxes correctly, you know that can you know that can throw out your profit margins. You know, so cash flow management is a is a key one for anyone starting out. And I think i certainly underestimated that before because i had a great in a in a different business i had a great idea timing was good but i didn't get the numbers right and then you run into cash flow challenges at some point and i think in this mm. type of economy not even economy in this global you know setup that we're in or or, or, or difficult times of COVID 19 mm. you have to be even more aware of that so i think so that's that's one aspect from a finance side i think 
choosing your partners is really, really important. And fortunately for me, I, I was connected with a company called Racecorp. They, uh, they have a big business incubator company. And I didn't yeah. go to them necessarily for, for those types of services, um, but they have a division called Partner Elite. And that's a more of a private equity type of, of uh, or private equity arm of theirs. And there yeah. they're investing in businesses, they're providing growth capital. But more than the, the growth capital, more important is that they, they, they're really astute, knowledgeable business people. And they've helped me strategically a lot. So I think having, you know, choosing partners is critically important. You know, don't get into bed with people that, and they say, you know, partnerships like a marriage. You know, don't get into bed with people that are not going to complement your, your culture and are going to, you know, there's just not going to be a synergy there and a cultural fit. Because, yes, they might give you money up front and they might do this and they might do that and they might open up some doors. But you might, it might just be a bad relationship. And after mm. two, three years, you, you hate it and it's a nightmare. And I've seen this with people. You know, I've seen it with friends with other colleagues uh, or rather associates of mine and they land up hating their businesses and someone sells out for like a terrible number, you know? So I think mm, yeah. knowing your numbers, understanding your cash flow requirements in the first year or even two or three years and, and choosing the right partners is, I would say these are some critical success factors as a, you know, starting out a business. Yeah, definitely. Um, those are some good tips, actually. Some of them I might look at as well. But how important is it to get outside counsel in your business? Because I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, don't get a lot of professional outside counsel in terms of like finance, in terms of like cash flow and, 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 and those things legally even because some businesses do very well in you know, cash flow and just financially, but they don't do very well legally. And how, yeah. how important is it to have you know, outside business mentorship yeah. as well yeah. in, yeah. In, in your business. So absolutely. So, so just on your, on your last comment there on mentorship, I think mentorship's hugely valuable. And mm. so I've gotten mentorship from, you know, from my partners, one can call it mentorship, one can call it guidance, strategic, you know, guidance or help or, or advice, but having, you know, having people that you can bounce ideas off, and 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 having people that have been there done that and can impart that knowledge on you is is, is highly valuable and you know you can't put a number on that because it can often be the difference between success and failure so i think yeah starting out as an entrepreneur or, or business having people around you having a support structure of of of, of people is, is is hugely important you know and whether it's you know, you might not always be able to get all of it, you know, so you might have someone who's just a good, you know, has a good business mind and has got some years on you and you know, has been there, done that, as I said. Or you might mm. have, as you point out, you know, maybe it's an attorney who's a commercial attorney who's very good at drawing up contracts and shareholders agreements and, 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 and um, you know, agreements with your, your clients, because that's also hugely valuable. Um, so I never had any of that, you know, I didn't have any of the legal side, but I knew that, you know, starting our TBE, we need to ensure that we, we pay attorneys and reputable attorneys to obviously give us the assistance we need in drawing up our contracts. Because, and again, it's a lesson I've learned before, either not having a contract, whether it be with partners or, or, or clients or service providers, either not having a contract or having a bad contract and by bad i mean just missing one key element mm, that mm. could either cripple your deal or you could lose your deal with your hugest client you know those type of things will end up you know you you're losing your business so i think mm. if you don't have a partner or someone close that you can rely on for legal advice um you definitely need the right legal assistance and even if you've got people with legal, you know, you can give you legal advice, you still need to lean on or rely on rather, you know, attorneys to help you with contracts. From a financial point of view, it's very important. And when I started TBE, I had a, I had a financial manager who, who handles our finances, you know, because at the end of the day, it's critically important to know how you're doing in your business. You know, just because you've got a, 
you know, you get a big client, your big client pays you out whatever, millions of rands or, you know, 100 million, whatever the amount may be, you know, if you can't, you need to understand the margin of that. You need to structure it so that there is firstly enough margin in it. But importantly, you need to then manage, you know, the cash flow. And you need to, every month, be able to have management accounts reported, you know, mm. or sent to you by your accountant or your financial manager. So you can actually understand how your business is operating. You know, so it's, it's hugely important to have those financial controls and measures in place. And also important to ensure no one steals from you. You know, so make sure you got the relevant or, and right controls in place. You know, for your banking system and, and things like that, yeah. And that for yeah, very important. Let's keep yeah. the the good information flowing. Um, just yeah. a, a quick one. I just want to say shout out to everybody that's on the live now and those who will watch it. I think um, if anybody has any questions for for David or myself, um, please put that through. We will be handling that as we go. I mean, the topic is really um, gone from leadership to just also um, touching on a bit of entrepreneurship and how to handle that um so any questions i mean david runs a six building um what do you call um office space company which is really huge so he'd be able to come in from a tactical side and i know you speak um very uh in depth about funding and how to get funding and securing funding at least speaking to the right um equity partners or the right people at least um so that's something that David specializes in. So if, if you have any questions on how to raise capital, I think um, you can also throw those questions in. And yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted to say before touching on my next point. I wanted to ask, how important is failure for you? Or how important has failure been to your journey in terms of you being a better leader of your businesses now and being able to operate at the level that you operate that yeah so it's a good question and i think you know you know entrepreneurs you know it's, it's a common sort of topic that's discussed you know is failure good you know a lot of people think it is good to fail um mm. and i know people that have tried to raise money from venture capitalists and they actually you know one of them came back to me and said you know i told the venture capitalists i'd failed i was so worried but he actually turned around and said he's happy he's happy he failed because he, he now knows that he's learned from from his mistakes, you know. And I think, I think we we learn by mistakes. I think that's absolutely, you know, absolutely certain. And I, certainly for me, it, mm. it it um it, it definitely it definitely stuck. You know, all the lessons I learned stuck with me. And I think I alluded to some of them earlier. You know, ensuring yeah. that you budget properly, ensuring that you have the right agreements in place, because some of these points ultimately led to the demise of that venture I was involved in, you know? So, so I learned from the, I learned from all of that and I carried that forward into this business and I was very, very aware of it at, at all times. Um, but I think, you know, saying that having the right partners on board will, will, will greatly assist in ensuring, you know, that you don't have to fail. And if you fail, I think, I think for me, fail but fail and learn quickly and move ahead don't harp on it you know so you know that's also something that's important everyone makes mistakes but it's how we deal with those mistakes and move ahead that ultimately counts right so fail fail quickly move ahead and and build upon that you know i think that's a key key uh, key point for me yeah yeah definitely yeah um yeah, so I, I think even someone took away from it saying that it's only failure if you don't take the learning. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Absolutely. So now yeah. that we have this, um, still on the topic of, of leadership, now that we have this whole COVID-19 thing, like some businesses are coping because mm -hmm. they, they haven't been able to bounce back, you know. And I think that's, um, you know, it has taken a hit on a lot of businesses. I think mm -hmm. I just saw today that um, the CEO of Tashesh is asking for, mm -hmm. I think he's requesting funding from the government and stuff. And I mean, it can happen mm -hmm. to any business. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, sure. just on that, like, how do you, you know, how do you see us going forth from this point on? I know yeah. you, we, none of us can really predict the future, mm -hmm. but like, 
it's, it's, it's hitting even the biggest of biggest, you know. I think Edcon actually also had yeah. um, an instance where their business took a really um, heavy hit. But yeah, it's I like, they, I, see, yeah, I see they've gone into business rescue now, yeah. The business rescue, which is, you know, it's like rock bottom. So it's like, how do we bounce back from these, you know, these hits? Yeah, I'll give a slightly negative answer, then I'll give a positive answer if I can do that. <laughs> that works. So my negative, uh, so, you know, I think within the first week of this, crisis taking shape in South Africa, let's say. Um, I phoned my business partner and I said, you know, what's going on? What's your view on this? And he said that he phoned his mentor, who happens to be a billion, a dollar billionaire. He phoned his oh. mentor. And mm. he said that he asked his mentor the same question. He said, what now? You know, what, 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 what's going on? What's going to happen? Yeah. And the dollar billionaire turned around to him and he said, don't ask me. I've never been through this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. so, so when in the dollar billionaires in the world don't know the answers and what's going to happen, then unfortunately, you know, it's, it tells you something, you know, it says, it says mm. something and it says that, you know, it rather it tells us that we, you know, no one actually knows and we're living in very scary times because it's so unpredictable, you know, and, and no one really knows how, when, what, you know, and, I read an I read an article the other day by um, it was by Warren Buffett. Just some not an article. He was just briefly commenting on something, and same same you know same sentiment there. Doesn't know, and you know in the in the two thousand and eight financial crisis, they were the first mm. ones. You know Warren Buffett and his and his team were the first ones to 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 start investing, and they were quite loud about it too. You know, and they were getting really involved giving their opinions, but they've been quiet this time, you know, and, and, mm. and, he, and he even, and he even alluded to it, you know, he said they, they, they're watching, they're watching, they're watching from the side because, because they don't know either, you know, yeah, some people will say to me, geez, this is a great opportunity. What a great time now to, to go and, and start, you know, as an example, to start, maybe start buying property, maybe property, the property market's going to tank. And now it's a great time mm. to go and, and look to buy property. My response to that is yes and no. Um, yes, because yes, property prices are going to fall and it's a good time to start looking maybe, but definitely not now. You know, no one knows the real impacts of this yet. And mm -hmm. if you think things are bad now, in six months time, it could be a hell of a lot worse. So don't go buy property now because in six months it could be a lot cheaper. So that's some of the negativity and sort of the negative framework, if I can mm. put it that way. Um, yeah. On the positive side, look, you either see the glass half full or, gla or the glass half empty, right? And maybe it's in my nature, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs will, will resonate with this when I say, see the glass half full. Because yeah. you can only control what you can control. You can only do your best. You can only work as hard as you can work. You can only try and navigate through this as best as possible. You know, some people will, will kind of see through the fog and start seeing opportunities on the other side. And that's what mm. I'm trying to do every day. And some won't, you know, some will be like, this is just the end of the world, you know, and in you know, I for one am very busy. So, you know, it's, it's also interesting for me because I, I hear about a lot of people that are just not busy and I get it. Some people are, on different industries and dealing with different things you know our workspaces mm. have been closed since the 26th of march we are reopening on monday because we oh awesome only because we we house some essential service and professional service businesses that would be allowed to work there won't be too many but there will be some so yes it's a mm. it's a step in the right direction for us and and we're happy to open our doors even though it shouldn't be it's not going to be busy straight away we we understand that but you know, um, we want to do that. We, we, we have to do that and, and we want to do that. But, yeah. but again, you know, for me, I've been super busy and I've been working. I worked on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I didn't take any public holidays because I'm trying to prepare, you know, we're trying to prepare our buildings for the reopening. We have health and safety policies for COVID-19 to implement. We have to ensure that our workspaces are, are spotless when people come back. And of course, people need to feel safe when they're there. 
you know, everyone has to wear masks and sanitize and all these new rule, laws and rules and regulations, which are absolutely good. You know, it's, it's imperative and it must happen. And, and I'm, mm. I'm also of the opinion, if I can add, that people yeah. need to use common sense. You know, if I think if people use common sense, and I'm not trying to downplay it, but I think if you leave your home and you wear a mask, okay, and you go to the office or the shops or wherever you go, if you're wearing a mask and the people around you are wearing masks and you, you're regularly using or, or, or you know, a blood, you know, maintaining good hygiene standards and washing your hands, etc., etc., then you shouldn't get sick. You know, your chances of getting sick are really, really low. So if the person next to you has it, the COVID-19, and they're wearing a mask and you're wearing a mask, you know, even if you come in close contact with them, you shouldn't get sick, right? That's, mm. to me, the logical, you know, thought process. But, and there's so much more we can do to safeguard ourselves, which we're going to be doing a TBE. But yeah. the reason I'm saying this stuff is because I think it can encourage people to get back to some you know, level of normality once the restrictions ease and we're allowed to do so. But I think just to back to the opportunity side. So for me, I'm just, I'm looking through this and I'm trying to see my opportunity because, you know, TV is also being hit, you know, like every business, you mentioned Tasha's and, and restaurants yeah. and gyms and I've got a friend who's involved in eight hotels, you know, I've got friends that are invested heavily in, in gym brands and franchises and I've got yeah. friends who lend to SMEs, you know, so I've got, I know a lot of, and I've got people who own tons of, you know, people, I mean, I know people who own tons of property. So I know a lot of people are directly impacted by this, but you have to just see through the fog, you know, and you have to kind of look for opportunities, do your best every day, deal with the nonsense, deal with the, 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 the difficulties and the challenges that you're going to deal with every day. And I deal with them every day. I'm sure everyone else, you know, in the forums also dealing with trouble every day. But my only advice is that try and see through the fog, as I'm saying, and try to look for the opportunities. And I'll, you, you know, I'll use an example, you know, for TBE. So what does this mean for TBE? You know, this whole, you know, COVID-19. It means a couple of things. And again, I don't know the answers. Eh? And I, I read a lot of articles and I'm like following the global trends and patterns and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But obviously the negative for me is that a lot of our tenants who we, you know, who we've been housing for a long time, unfortunately, they're going to come under pressure. We've got tenants that are in events and marketing and, and recruitment. And of course, these companies are directly affected. And if they can't pay their rent, it affects us. How do we then pay our okay. rent, right? So <laughs> that's the big negative for us. The positive mm. for us is that I believe that there's going to be a far greater need for flexibility moving ahead into the future of, of, of office working. I believe there's going to be a huge hybrid approach. And by hybrid approach, I mean that in companies of all sizes, whether it's five people, 10 people, 100 people, are going to now suddenly realize, you know what? Firstly, we want to de-risk and we want to cut costs. We don't want to have these mm. huge offices for 10-year leases. We want, to, we want to eliminate that and we want to go more flexible so that if these things happen, like now, we can upscale, downscale. You know, they've got more movability there and adaptability options, right? So that's one thing. And, and I also believe that they'll realize that some of their workforce can work at home. So if, I've, if they've got a, a 20, 30 person company, maybe they'll realize maybe 10, 15 people can work from home, 10, 15 people can work at the office. Let's go for something more flexible, something more adaptable and actually save costs, right? Because I think every single business in the world at the moment is trying to cut costs, right? Because that's what, yeah. that's what recessions or depressions do, right? I think we're more of a depression. But so that's, yeah. I'm giving a bit of insight into my, my opportunities and threats. Yeah, definitely. Because that's kind of how I'm, I'm navigating through all of this. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I have sleepless nights. I have times where I'm like panicking, times when I'm stressing, times when I'm happy, times when I'm sad, you know, times when I'm like, this is the biggest opportunity for us. And then times like, shit, will TBE be around? You know, so all these emotions, you know, I go through all the time, but slowly but surely I'm finding some normality and I'm finding my, my sort of rhythm, you know, and it's kind of happened to me in the last sort of week where I've, mm. I've, I've kind of adapted and I've, 
I found a bit of rhythm, as I said, and that I see the opportunities. I think they're becoming more prevalent for me and, and, and rather clearer in my mind. And I'm starting to focus quite nicely on them. And, and I know there's going to be a huge knock in the interim and that business everywhere. You mentioned Tasha's. I mean, these are proper businesses. I mean, Tasha's is a big brand. I mean, she got a big company to buy into. She's a great operator. Mm -hmm. She's also a good business. You know, yeah. it's a sad, sad, sad story. But at some point, I would imagine she also has to figure this all out and be like, okay, you know, what does this mean for us? How do we change? Saying that, I don't think, I don't think everything's going to change. You know, like, again, my opinion is, you know, also I have some people phone me, like friends and whoever, family and business yeah. people. And they say, you know, aren't you, aren't you worried that everyone's just going to want to work at home? And I turn around and I say two things. I say, Firstly, do you think everyone's just going to start working at home? Like, what happens if every, you know, there's no more office? You know, so firstly, so I think that's a bit of like a, a rational way mm. of thinking. But yeah. secondly, and more importantly, is that people need human interaction. And I think whether yes. you, you're working or you want to go to the gym or you want to eat out a meal or just go for a drink or coffee, people want human interaction, you know, and... Does that just go away from a crisis like this? I don't believe so. So back to the Tasha's example, I'm pretty sure people are going to want to go and eat at restaurants again and go and enjoy themselves. I know my wife's, mm -hmm. my wife's already planning our first uh, <laughs> restaurant outing. You know, might only be in three months' yeah. time, but, but she's already planning <laughs> it. You know, so like, so yeah. I don't, I don't believe in all of that, and I think, I think there will be some level of normality that comes back. Is it in, in, in two months, four months, six months, or a year? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. I think schools are going back next week or starting to go back, which is a huge step in the right direction, I think. Uh, some more businesses mm. will open. And, and I think slowly things will normalize. You know, on the, on, the, on the negative side, we probably haven't seen the worst of, the, of this virus, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get a lot worse before it gets better. And just let's just all pray to God that our people um, are safeguarded as best as possible. I think there's some great charity work happening out there, and and we can all just do yeah. our best to support each other. You know, everyone everyone's in this together, and I think together we're stronger. You know, as our rugby team proved last year. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, just listening to your story, I mean, for me, um, that's what true leadership sounds like. It's not acting like you know yeah. it's really doing your work research and yeah. you know kind of doing an introspection and yourself and your businesses and everything and just seeing where you're at and doing what you can because that's that's truly what it is i think um the, the key thing is to do what you can right and as long mm -hmm. as you are doing then you're somewhat of a good leader or a good leader um so to say so i mean in the conversation of leadership i think um, you've displayed true leadership because like you said, um, you're doing what you can, you know, you're looking at areas where you can, you know, um, yourself or where you can, you know, infiltrate or do better at, and you're doing exactly that. So I think in any business, whether service or, because even for me personally, I'm in service, right? And um, a lot of um, my business comes from people who have physical businesses. I may be, you know, capable of doing business online, you know, globally. But if you are in the facility or you are in a physical business space and your business goes to, to, to go south, mm. it means that I don't, you know, have business from you. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's the ability to say, okay, cool. What can we do? Can we better help you with your, 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 your branding or your marketing or your strategy so that you can still have business, you know, or be in operation. And I think, that's leadership as opposed to acting like you know what's going on. It's being side by side um, with your people, your audience, your market and everyone. Uh, and I think um, that's what you've been able to um, display. Because I was going to ask you about mm -hmm. the, the guidelines because you guys plan on running again. And like what type of guidelines are you guys going to have for your, your, your tenants that return? You know, because yeah. it's like those are necessary precautions, and if you don't follow them, of course, you'll yeah. be shut down by the government. That sort of yeah. thing. Many businesses have actually been shut down. So, I mean, yeah. if you can speak a lot a bit on that, um, that would be cool. Yeah, so we so we actually released our 
health and safety policy today, which deals with you know, COVID-19 and the rules and regulations that we are enforcing at all of our buildings from, from Monday. And we're taking the next, from tomorrow until the weekend, we're taking that time to train up our staff to, and to prepare our buildings for, for our opening on Monday. But there, I mean, there's various, it's, it's quite a detailed document and there's various procedures and process that, processes that are being put into place. But for example, and again, I'll, you know, I'll start by saying that we're obviously guided by government and the yeah. legislation that they put out. And I know that they are gazetting their final rules and regulations tomorrow, so we can all check that out. So there might, there might be some changes there, but I don't expect too much, too many changes. But without going into detail into, in everything, you know, some of the some of the rules that we'll have at, at our South African TB locations, because Mauritius is, is still under lockdown for a bit. Um, mm -hmm. So for example, and it's already a government law, but no one will be allowed into TBE unless they're wearing a face mask. Um, and they'll have to wear those face masks throughout the, the day that they'd work. All guests, all TBE tenants, guests and, and staff will be screened. We have uh, fever thermometers, so everyone will be screened when they enter our workplaces. They'll also have to sign registers confirming that they don't have any flu-like symptoms and um, or any COVID-19 symptoms, you know, uh, so they have to sign off that. And they have to provide the information so that if there are any incidents, we are able to track who, who's entered our buildings. Um, then we've got very strict cleaning protocols and systems taking place. We've got hand sanitizer machines pretty much everywhere in our workspace, from the co-working areas to the entrances, meeting rooms, all of that. Um, on the notes of meeting rooms, we've reduced capacity. So our meeting room facilities will only operate at 50% capacity to allow for some mm. level of social distancing. And the same for our co-working hot desk areas. So we don't have large mm. co-working hot desk areas like some of our com you know, competitors. We We've more focused on the private office businesses, so but the co-working areas will be reduced, and that every other desk will be temporarily unavailable. And then our gyms will be closed, and coffee shops will operate, but uh, under a limited um, sort of food supply. And um, as I said, staff have been well trained, and we're obviously working very closely with the the property managers to ensure that they're doing what you know, uh, fulfilling their parts. So for example, I heard today that a couple of them are installing um, fever track machines actually at, at their lobby and their receptions. So that will automatically mm. scan people when they come through. Whereas in our workspaces, we've got the handheld mobile fever scan machines. So there's a lot of yeah. um, policies and procedures being put into place. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, earlier in our call, I just think people need to use common sense because if you're practicing all of these processes or all of these policies rather, and you know, your, your chances of being infected are actually, in my opinion, are very slim. So, um, we just gotta, we gotta use common sense. Um, also no large gatherings. If you have any flu like symptoms, don't come to the office. And, um, you know, if you, if you, if you stick to all these rules, we should be good. So that, that's a snapshot of some yeah. of them, but there are there are quite a lot of others. Yeah. What we're also doing, sorry, is that we we're also providing, or rather selling face masks and hand sanitizers at cost price. We're obviously not making any markup on that, but we we ordered a, rather we placed a significant order that's arriving at our buildings tomorrow, of of masks, sanitizers, and we'll be able to offer that at cost price to all of our tenants. So it also takes a hassle out of it for them. And if anyone arrives at our buildings and they don't have masks, we can obviously, we, we have, we have stock to, to provide them with. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that's, that's actually really, really awesome um, on your part. That really speaks to the future of, of, of business. I was actually discussing this with one of my other colleagues some other time. We spoke about the future of business um, from post COVID is really just going to be safer. You're going to need to be safer. You're going to need to have or take a lot of precautions. Fine, because you deal with buildings um, and, and you have to deal with a lot of tenants. You would have more precautions than other normal businesses um, that operate on smaller scales. But then 
literally all businesses, whether you're doing e-commerce or whatever the case is, there needs to be some level of precaution and some level of health and safety um, precautions taken to, to kind of um, delivering your service or your product. And I think that's, that's going to be a big thing going forth. I mean, if you're delivering um, some kind of like, whether it be water or hair products or whatever the case is, I want to know that this was sanitized or it was, you know, for, you know, arriving. And should I also take my, I would personally also take my own precautions by sanitizing the, the box or whatever the case is, but it's knowing that this comes from a place you know, but that's important, you know, so that's that's yeah. in our policy too. You know, all goods being received yeah. at our reception will be sanitized and and uh, checked before you know passing that on to our tenants. So that's a good point. Um, yeah. And there's other systems that you know, buildings, building owners, and property developers will have to consider. You know, such as ventilation. You know, high-rise buildings will have different requirements because of lift, ac- you know, lift access and capacity. So there's going to be quite a shake-up around them. I think what's exciting yeah, is that is. There'll, be, there'll be quite a few technology advan- advancements too that happen. And we're also looking at quite a bit of that, you know, in terms of yeah. tracking and, um, and, and stuff like that, yeah. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, um, I've, I've, we've, we've, we've really covered a lot and I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with that conversation. So, I mean, just in conclusion, if anyone has any questions, they can pretty much ask that. And in the meantime, David, I'll ask you if you have any like la- last points that you'd love to share with the audience for those who will catch the live now or, um, later. Uh, yeah, yeah. that'd be appreciated. Yeah, I think. I think it's just really one thought. I think just keep fighting. You know, that's what I tell some people. Keep, <laughs> keep fighting through it. Um, it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be, it's going to get tougher. And it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But we will get to the other side. And I think, not I think I know, you know, South Africa is a resilient country. We've proven it so many times before. You know, we are a very resilient nation. We, we, we can fight this virus emotionally far better than many other countries can because we've been through a lot and we tend to you know i, I personally see it like i feel like people are coming together and you know, it might sound a bit wishy-washy or fuzzy you know but but i do i mean mm-hmm. and i think and you just need to go online and see the types of charity organizations that are getting involved and money's being raised i know someone that's delivering maize meal to townships every day and he's raised over five million rand for for that cause you know and i think yeah. the more we come together and the more we realize that we can get through this the better you know and, and we will get through it and mm. i must also compliment our, our presidency and our government i think they've done an excellent job um from the start of this you know i was in australia just before as i mentioned at the beginning of our call i was yeah. i came back from australia and literally like yeah a day into this i heard our president speak and, and suddenly suddenly everything erupted you know but he was you know our president and, and government were onto this very quickly you know comparative in comparison even compared to australia they were they were onto it very quickly and australia is quite mm-hmm. a careful proactive country you know? so yeah um so i must just compliment them i think they've got a good handle on it so i think they have a very good advisory team around them and they're taking the, the right steps. And I think they'll continue to find the right balance between guarding the economy and looking after our people. And, and I think that's very important, you know, and, and we'll get through it. We'll get through it, yeah. Definitely, I, I can agree. I can agree, we did act very swiftly and in a time-sensitive manner. Although I thought it could have been done a little bit earlier in terms of the lockdown, <laughs> it would have been better, but uh, because we literally watched it literally watched this happen to the rest of the world and then yeah. it came to us so it's like we could have uh, been preventative yeah. we acted yeah. but i, I still I think, think we did pretty well compared i think i still think like we've America, right? yeah. Yeah. because like, there, there would have been no way that would have had zero cases you know because there's always people who sleep yeah, exactly. with tracks and for sure. the fact the incubation period of the virus is a bit longer than you know um other yeah. viruses that kind of where you show symptoms really quickly. So um, on that, um, 
I think we did pretty good. But yeah, um, there was one other con um, what do you call um question that said well two really. One is how do you keep your team inspired and encouraged in this time? Okay, yeah, good question, and we haven't actually touched on that, but. You know, I must actually firstly compliment my team if I can use this platform to do so. You know, we have for every, I think every day for the past couple of weeks, we've had health and safety meetings. We've had to have meetings where we discuss, you know, requests from our tenants. And my team's been very proactive, very on the ball, very understanding. And perhaps I'm, you know, fortunate to have just a great team. But I think in terms of keeping them inspired and motivated and active, Sure. Does does one need does one need any motivation in this day and age? And I think, as you alluded to earlier, um, that yeah. you know, how many people have lost their jobs? You know how many? You know, and it's so sad to see it. You know, and so from, you know, we've seen it with you know we're going to see more and more of it, like Econ, as you say, and the airlines and hotels. It's really really sad. So I think number one, and I include myself when I say this. You know, I'm I'm an employee of TBE as the CEO, I'm an employee. And I'm just grateful to have a job and grateful that I can, TBE is, is alive and well and, and, and kicking, you know? And I think it's people, TBE's people realize that and they're grateful for that, you know, because I'm sure all of us know some people being badly affected, either being retrenched yeah. or getting huge salary cuts, etc. And so I think our people have been appreciative of that and they've really stood up but I try, I try obviously to motivate them and, and, and there is lights at the end of the tunnel. We spoke about opportunities and I think the more you speak mm -hmm. about opportunities, the better to keep people motivated. But um, it's about coming together. And I think if you've built up a team that has a good rapport with each other, that cares about each other, will naturally just fight for each other. And I think we're fighting for each other and we're fighting for our businesses so that we're all standing on the other side. So, from my point mm. of view, it hasn't been too hard to motivate people, but um, mm. um, perhaps I've been a bit uh, fortunate, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there was one more. Besides that, I think it will speak more to your business. Um, it's a question saying, just a second, I saw that. Okay, but I think the gist of the question, because I kind of remember it, was like, will there be any like flexibility on your, your rentals in terms of the people that work at your tents, that work at your space? Yeah, good will question. Be, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. a good question. Yeah, yeah. So, Property. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a question with a short question with a long answer, but I'll, I'll try and give as much insight as I can. So, yeah. And I'm sure we've seen companies like actually i better not mention companies <laughs> let me yeah let me, take that. let me stop right there but <laughs> for me for let, let me say this there's a there's a huge supply chain of, of businesses and in, in, in well companies and business right and as soon as one company stops paying another company that have, has a huge ripple effect so that's the first point that we need to understand if someone doesn't pay someone else that company compare their suppliers, right? So one needs to understand, and I don't think, doesn't matter how big or small you are, even the big guys are affected because then they, if you don't pay the bigger companies, then the bigger companies can't pay their staff and their, and, and their suppliers. Now the bigger companies employ more people, right? And I'm not saying TBE is a, a huge company. You know, TBE is like a medium sized company somewhere in the middle. But I'm talking about the big companies as an example. So you don't pay them, everyone starts paying it, and suddenly they can't pay. So their staff are then affected. You talk about landlords and tenants. If TBE doesn't pay its landlords, it can also create issues, right? Because then they can't pay staff. If TBE's tenants don't pay TBE, it causes issues for TBE, right? So that's just some of the framework. But, but what's important is that there's no, you, you can't have like a blanket policy. And that's my opinion. Because every set, every tenant's circumstances are different. Okay. Mm. You also alluded to it earlier, Matt. You know, if a tenant's yeah. in, in, in recruitment or marketing or, or not necessarily marketing, but let's say, let's say events. If a tenant's yes. in, in, in an events business, 
or a tourism business, they've got a travel agent, of course, they're going to be hugely impacted and they're going to be impacted overnight. So one has to consider that, okay? The other things one has to consider is, was this tenant in financial difficulty before or not? If they were in financial difficulty before and they were struggling to pay, is it in their interest and is it in the landlord's interest to continue to offer some term, some type of rent relief? Because perhaps you just, there's no point. And I know that sounds harsh. It sounds harsh. Yeah. But if the business is not going to be around in three or four or six months time, then perhaps it's better for that business to realize that. But if the business can come back, and I say this with, with a lot of, uh, and I don't mean to sound harsh, but if that business has a way to come back, and absolutely, that tenant should be offered some some level of relief, okay? And and one has to support. Mm. And and we've had requests, okay? And it isn't, there isn't one company that I've, or my team and my committee, because it's not just myself, we have a committee. There isn't one company we've just said no to, or, you know, we've looked at every case by case. And mm. so that, you know, that, that's, that's, that's some other information. But I think what's important also is what does relief mean? You know, what is, what is rental relief? So it's not a matter of just saying, you know, you can just not pay and it's just for free for a month, two or three. Because, you know, how does that affect us? You know, or as someone else, you know, because mm -hmm. the company not receiving that money also has bills to pay and it has staff to pay. So the problem is as soon as everyone just says, we're not going to pay, we're not going to pay, we're not going to pay, you cripple the whole system. And then, you know, you cripple the whole economic system, everyone will be without jobs. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so it doesn't help to do that. And I think the final point is that, and yeah, so there's no one size fits all as I'm saying. And the final point is you also have to look at the business. So if the business is, has been trading well and they, they should be able to afford to pay you, okay, I think it's an ethical thing. I think that business should say, ethically, I'm going to pay. Even if I can't do this or I can't do that or I don't have access to the office, as an example, I should pay because I can afford to pay and I don't want to break the supply chain here. I want to support my my country and, and its people, you know, and I think that's for me an important point. Be that as it may, it is a legal requirement that you have to pay your rent. And I'll you know, I do need to add that in because I think there's a bit yeah. of confusion yeah. around that. Um so you know, even under lockdown, you do need you do legally need to pay your rent. But if you're struggling and some business will struggle and TBE is sympathetic towards that, you know, um, then it's the best way is not to write a letter to your landlord saying, I can't pay, I'm not paying you, you know, take it or leave it. It's not the right way to do business, you know. Rather write a letter to your tenants or pick up, I mean, to your landlord or pick up the phone and say, look, this is my set of circumstances. I'm going to have a bit of a cash flow challenge for now. I'm not running away. I want to pay. How can you assist me? And nine out of 10 times, all things being equal, as I referred to before, the landlord will come to the party, you know, and, and we've done that with some of the cases we've, you know, we've had to deal with. So again, mm. it's a, it's a case by case and it's a, it's a matter of looking at the circumstances and doing your best, be it a small business, big business, small, you know, doing your best to try and assist in any way possible and keep the, keep the economy working because as soon as you stop that, mm. there's bigger problems that, that come through. Okay, uh, which is uh, a good point, and it really ties back into leadership. And again, um, being sympathetic, looking at certain things. But I think uh, a good point I got from it is being able to support why you need relief. And a lot of people just think, "Hey, because you know this is what I'm doing, and I need relief," you know. But like you said, sometimes yeah. the business isn't even doing well, you know, and they were about to be, you know, in three months irrelevant, uh, rendered irrelevant as a yeah. business. The model was probably outdated. So it's like looking at those things again and you thinking about it personally, like, is my business going to survive? Have we been doing well at all? You know, looking yeah. at the risk as, as a landlord, like, okay, not really. I don't think this yeah. will work out for us. 
And I and think, I think just have... Sorry, no, no, yeah. Sorry. Right, carry on. Okay, yeah. I just, I think having that, that kind of sympathy based on um, that kind of information uh, makes sense, you know, because, I mean, they, they always say um, business and emotions one side, but at some degree they do kind of, you know, converge. Mm -hmm. And it's important in situations like this, like where, you know, the country is going into um, a rut and we really need to be there for each other. So you have to have some kind of sympathy um, yes. towards your tenants because we're all going through this. It's not like a normal um, um, flow of things where it's like, yeah. you know, how things were before this. Sure. And yeah, so having support for your relief and being in like initiative based um, goes a long way. Um, sorry to cut you, Dave. Um, so we've got about 10 seconds on and the, the, the thing is going to cut. So I really thank you sure. for the conversation. Sure. Thanks and for having me. Really great. Uh, shout out to everybody that was on here. Cheers. And that's all we have for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on all our social medias to get alerts on this type of content at LikeMinds Tribe. Visit our website to sign up to be part of our community. It's www.likemindstribe.co.za. And that's all from me, your host, Matthew Rolls, signing out.